It would appear we're having some glitches tonight. So uh, the show opening didn't work. We're 25 seconds in, and I've looked at the camera and said nothing. So that is a classic start. Proud to be a part of that one. Uh, anyway, so we will try the intro uh, because the teabags intro is just solid gold. So we're going to go for it anyway. But uh, welcome tonight to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 145. 144 of these have started much better. And uh, tonight on the episode, we will be reviewing Autumn from Smashing Pumpkins. We've been talking about this thing now for months, and finally, the whole thing is out. I am super excited. Um, spoiler alert, I loved it, and um, really looking forward to that. And um, I have two guys on the show with me tonight to discuss it, and they are none other than Metalhead Monday. Step inside into his mind, his boy Ben Metalhead Monday. Well, there he is. Everything seems a bit laggy tonight, and um, <laughs> we only got a portion of the Metalhead Monday theme song. So uh, it's coming through. Everything's coming through on my end. I don't know what's going on there, but I, I heard everything. Uh, I think it's time to wipe the computer and start over. <laughs> let's let's say a little prayer for the teabags entrance and uh joining us also is none other than teabags swinging deep into the valleys of leptonia no oh, it was playing swinging deep into yeah, the valleys of leptonia playing again nope able to plunge from high altitudes only to land with a gentle splat that's nasty receiving only the finest education from his instructor earl gray it's, it's T-Bags Too Hot for TV. Hey, guys. Guys, hot. How hot is he? Too hot for television. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever thought of what a gentle splat is? No. I'm <laughs> Not whatever that sound is on that video. <laughs> no. No. Oh, goodness gracious. Well... I'm just going to pretend everything's working because apparently it's working on your end, just not on mine. So, yeah, I'm seeing everything too, just like Monday. Yeah. That is awesome. And uh, before we get started, I would like to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, The Pressing Issue. Let The Pressing Issue take care of your comics with their expert cleaning and pressing services. Whether it's a basic dry clean and press of a wrinkled cover, stains removed, or maybe whitening a dingy cover. The Pressing Issue is the place to send your books for expert care and affordable prices. Find them on Facebook and look for the familiar red and white logo held up by Mr. Mundy on the screen. The Pressing Issue. They are awesome. Welcome, gentlemen. Trying to do some Hello. space work there. I said it did good, Mundy. Yeah. <laughs> You're hired. Yeah. That will give you a 100% increase in your pay. Sweet. Yeah, enjoy. Figure out where I'm going to spend all that. Yeah, was it a space theme based on our album review? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So, um, Mr. Mundy, I think you did something special yesterday. Would you like to share? 
It did. Uh, my wife, Lacey, and I stayed out late last night. Actually, we got home around 11, so it wasn't that bad. Turns out Billy Idol's old, too, so he wanted to go to bed at a decent hour. <laughs> so, yeah, we went to uh, Clues Hall down at Butler University in Indianapolis and saw Mr. Billy Idol. Um, he's put out a couple of EPs recently. Uh, I think we talked about one, didn't we? The Cage yes, we did. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So um, he's touring, and he's got Steve Stevens with him, and killer band with him they were all great and what a show that dude is 67 years old and he is still kicking ass so good did um, they have a, a a real piano on stage or they have keyboards keyboards yeah, i figured but um I don't know. yeah um two i mean two guitar players bass drums keys yeah and billy that was that was it but man they were awesome they played, I was surprised they played th- uh, like three new songs, I think. Wow, so, wow. and they were, they were great. Were people into the new what, songs? Uh, I mean, you know, not as much as the hits, you know, that's how it's always going to go. Oh yeah. Pe- people, any, anytime you go see anyone, oh, we're going to play one of the new songs, you know, that's people go grab a beer or whatever. <laughs> yeah. What did, what did he open with? Uh, oh man you know what i don't remember i want to say it was dancing with myself actually Hmm. okay but i can't i may be wrong about that i don't remember but i'm pretty sure that like it was a big hit that he opened with i was like right right out the gate all right did he close with like white wedding or uh he did white wedding yes Mm -hmm. they they went off and they came back and did like a two or three song encore and yeah he closed with white wedding Nice. Yeah. So uh, they played. Oh, go ahead. No, I just I saw him forty years ago. So you just saw him. So Tony, in forty years, you need to see that tour <laughs> so that we can round it out. I'm sure we'll have holographs and things. So when it's just he's a hundred and seven years old, that's right. <laughs> Take your shirt off, <laughs> <laughs> which he still does. So does, well. If he can, right? He's in shape, man. The dude, he looks great. He he performs with like a, a button-up shirt hanging open. And then mm-hmm. he like kind of took his t-shirt off as he was leaving stage and like threw it out in the yeah. crowd. But yeah, that's he's a, holding up well. That's my same approach on casual Fridays at work. Yeah. As you're <laughs> Do you put a gold chain door? on too? Oh, I'm Italian. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <And> a horn. <laughs> Yeah, a tracksuit. Yeah, <laughs> those are Russians. <laughs> okay, he played a lot of my favorites, like "Flesh for Fantasy." I love mm-hmm. that song. He, he they played that. Uh, "Eyes Without a Face" was awesome. That guitar break in that song, man, it just sounded real thick and lush. And uh, Steve was on point all night. He's dude. I mean. He's not pretty, but <laughs> he's still trying. Uh, Rebel Yell was an amazing sing-along. That was just crazy. And then, like I say, he closed with White Wedding. was another big sing-along track. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. Yeah, and that was very cool. cool. The opener uh, was pretty impressive. I had never heard of them. It was Kelsey Carter and the Heroines. Okay. And... Yeah, she was pretty awesome. So I came home. Well, well, 
today I was checking out her stuff a lot and she's got a, they actually, their second album is coming out Friday, like in just here in a few days. So I think uh, we're talking about covering that on the show. So looking forward to that. I, I, I really dig her. Her voice is a little different and they're like, their vibe as a band's kind of all over the place, little rock, little pop, you know, hard, soft kind of whole spectrum. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I'm looking forward to that when you, you know, give us the preview and that's what your preview is. That's cool. Cause yeah. you don't want to listen to everything. that sounds the same. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm in. All right. Well, cool show. Uh, T-Bags, what's up? Uh, I mean, speaking of rebels, uh, we're, <laughs> we're about halfway through the, uh, Tupac documentary that's on Hulu. And is fantastic. I know Steve off the air. You said you'd watched a couple episodes already, and mm-hmm. it's just—it's such a good like weaving of stories and why he, you know, where he came up from and all the twists and turns of his life. But the interesting point to me is that it's um, directed by one of the Hughes brothers that he had a really yeah. uh, confrontation, a violent confrontation with, you know, midway through his career, and so. Um, I don't know if you've made it to that episode, Steve, but at one point the cameras kind of get turned around on him as the director and uh-huh. he talks for a little bit. I remember that because um, yeah. I loved Menace to Society and um, yes. that was where he was fired on and got in the fist fight yeah. with one of the brothers. So Exactly. Yeah. But I'm halfway through it. I mean, obviously we know how it ends and it makes me, I was such a big Tupac fan and still am, mm-hmm. but um and even on the bandwagon of, I don't know if he's dead, you know, for oh, yeah. <laughs> five or 10 years, you know, but um, I, uh, it makes me miss knowing that like the trajectory that he was on was stopped short and love to see where he is to where he would be today with today's technology and autonomy and kind of can do what he wanted, which is where he was headed. So, but definitely a, a talent that was cut short and, um, but the documentary I think does it justice and there's you know there's a lot of times where a documentary just has like the cousin of an aunt of or whatever you know and so you've got dre you've got snoop dog you've got hit tupac's aunt and several people mike tyson yeah mike tyson it's super valid so you know even uh jen's watching it and she's a mild tupac fan but she's really interested in it as a story so highly recommended so far yeah i and historically speaking the the history especially with the black panthers and um, oh, yeah. the the scene where the guy says i thought you were going to arm me and he gave him a bunch of books he's like i did i, I mean did. how yes. cool was that and i was like we were kind of blown away by the 17 year old tupac at a san francisco performing arts school um yeah. and how articulate he was and um mm-hmm. the, the line that i that really kind of like, Oh my gosh, for us was talking about how they were poor all the time and they couldn't stop being poor because his mom's ideals got in the way. And I thought that was pretty yes. cool that her mission and what she was about was more important than money. So yes. Lots, of, lots yes. of cool things in that documentary. Makes me wish yeah. I had Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We bought I don't it. We can share logins, but three. Yeah. I don't to... think you can anymore, but yeah. Yeah. It was what ESPN, Disney and Hulu together. And it's yeah. not much. It's less than Netflix. Yeah. All three of them together. I saw an I'll article. Log on right here, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I saw an article earlier that said something about uh, Disney plus and Hulu are pretty much going to have the same content pretty soon. It'll still be separate services, but they're going to have mm-hmm. like 
pretty much the same content. So hopefully I'll be able to see some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Great. Um, all right. What about you, Stevie? No, I'm with you. That was it. That was the the old okay. uh, Disney is fully absorbing Hulu under one app. Yeah. Somebody just posted. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, listener watcher on Facebook, are you watching the Tupac documentary? And while we wait for that answer, you could. Just I'm going to. Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, you could just do Disney is fully absorbing, and then just anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the world. <laughs> yeah. In our world, that's like Galactus. Right, Jeremy? Okay. Yeah, right. The eater of worlds. Um, I will say before we get started that um, the NHL draft lottery happened a couple of nights ago, and yeah. the Chicago Blackhawks had the third best chance to get the number one pick and get Connor Bedard, the generational talent. He will turn the franchise, and basically it was an 11% chance, and it came down to the final. They made it to the final two, and I'm on the couch. I'm ready to roll. And he turns the card over, Chicago Blackhawks. I exploded off the couch. Yes. The next 15 years are going to be amazing. The kid's 17 years old, and he's already one of the best players in the world. <laughs> so it's going That's to be great. Fun. It took us a few hours, but we did buy five tickets to the United Center next year in the 100 section. We are ready to roll. Yeah. And <clears> hockey <throat> players, unlike NBA players, don't rest. You know, <laughs> So you'll get to see him play. I don't know if you guys oh. have seen that with the NBA. Like, oh, they'll sit the management games. <clears throat> I'm over the management in all sports baseball. It hasn't extended anybody's career pitching. Um, and in fact, right. I, I don't know, maybe it does more damage to pull them out in the fifth inning every stinking time they pitch, but it drives me crazy. So, anywho, anyway, are, are you guys ready? Yes. Yay, sports ball. <laughs> Sorry. It's sports puck. <laughs> nice try. It's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's an frozen. Umbrella. It's an umbrella comment. <laughs> you shut your face. It's Connor Bedard. All right, I'll squash my dreams. <laughs> and uh, this album review tonight is brought to you by Forty Four Eleven Creative Agency. The good folks over at Forty Four Eleven provide custom marketing and flawless execution. You know what their middle name is? Creative. It is creative. It's funny you would know that. So head over to 4411creative.com to find out more. Thank you for sponsoring the show. And it's time, gentlemen. 33 songs. I'm, I am going to spare our listeners. We are not going to do 33 songs the way we normally do, or we would be here for three hours. Um, but yes. we, what we decided to do was to create an album based on 12 songs from the record. And we gave ourselves a gift in that the first song, Autumn, is... Um, it's an instrumental and has to be on the as the album opener because that's what they do. So we left it in there. So that was one of our really 13 now. So we picked 12 songs to accompany Autumn. So that's what we will do. We'll probably round table it, cruise around, see what we picked. T-Bags is missing. Something happened. Yeah, I think he, he got up. He got he up. A, he left with a gentle splat. <laughs> he got up. I don't know if he had to like plug his machine in or what's going on here, but hopefully we get him back soon. Uh, I, I will just say I <laughs> I did not do that correctly with the opener. I used that as the opener and included it as one of my 12 tracks. So I actually oh. have 12 tracks. Okay, that's fine. 
I was going to use it regardless of what you guys said. I was going to yeah, cheat because yeah. uh, that's the way I did it. But um, computer I mean, it was out back on ASAP. That's what Teabag said. So, um, and I'm yep. sure Tony cheated because that's what he does on everything. <laughs> so, I figured that's what happened to him. Yeah, it was spinning the death spiral, and then he disappeared. So. Um, Anyway, just to bring people up to speed, we did do the first, I think we did the entire first record, didn't we? Um, as uh, it came out weekly on the podcast. Or at least we got through. Mm, I, don't, I, I don't think we did it weekly. I think there was a couple of shows where we did two or three of them at a time. Yeah, yeah, we had a couple of misses. But we did, I think, yeah. get through at least Steps in Time or Where Rain Must Fall, the first eight. And then we had a couple, I think, after that. Um, yeah. And then we did the full second act as an album. Yeah. And it, we found that um, listening to them individually as they came out really did a disservice to listening to the whole thing. Cause it was supposed to be one big piece. So yeah. I kind of lost interest in that. And I even stopped listening to the podcast, which the podcast is interesting, but I just, the songs didn't do it for me as much listening to them individually. Yeah. So, so it's been much more fun to listen to 33 songs in a row. Finding the time to listen to 33 yeah. in a row. I got to say, I, I mean, I, I, I have not loved any part of this project. Like it's not, I mean, as a, as a whole, I, I, there are songs that I enjoy, but I, I'm just like, I'm over it and I'm glad we're done now. <laughs> Or will be done with this show. Uh, it's yeah. I'm just I, I'm I'm over this one. <laughs> hmm. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think Mr. Mundy <laughs> forgets who has the ability to remove him from the screen. <laughs> yeah. No, I, hey, kick, I get kick it me too. out. That's cool. Kick me out. I'll go get some ice cream or something. Yeah, sure. it's kind of like that. On leave with pay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I get um, it too because it's. I think I would, if I were to guess, I could probably name four or five songs that I think I bet you liked. And then the rest. Oh, sure. I mean, not loved to death, but liked mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. And then beyond that, I could see where you wouldn't like a lot. Um, it's not necessarily your style, but. It's not even that. It's just. I, I don't I feel like more on this one than the other two. There was stuff that I really just did not like at all. And I don't I don't know. I, I don't know if it, it's just because we have already been through so many songs and now to get to this, like my brain was just like, oh my God, get through it. But I, I don't know. This one I, I found songs to use for, you know, my 12 track album, but I didn't love this one. Didn't love this third part very much. It was my favorite. See, I had a, I had a different experience because, well, one, I had only listened to a few songs individually and I agree it. They, it was a tougher way to do it because you, there's high expectations and just one song and it's, you don't know what it's connected to. Yeah. But then, and then I also came into it with like, oh my gosh, it's 33 tracks. And, you know, it felt like homework at first to get started with it. And then um, I, you know, read through the story too and, and listened to all the songs several times and actually liked it. And I had, it took me like, 
I think I had 16 tracks that I needed to pare down to 12 um, as I was going along. So I, I was surprisingly pleased with it. But I also have, like, I'm okay with, I think Pucifer has kind of conditioned me to, you know, have some of these electronic, you know, beeps and boops and different things like mixed in and um, and some some of that experimental stuff that might be a little different than the band you're used to listening to. Not that that's what you were saying, Monday. I'm just, mm -hmm. in my experience, I was like, well, how am I going to get through 33 Smashing Pumpkin songs of any <laughs> artist? That's a, that's a tough ask. <laughs> and I think that there was some nice changes in there. So anyway, I ended up liking it and I, at first you, I was just leaning on you guys for the story. And I think when it was very early on, you guys were both like, what is going on here with this thing? It was odd. And so, yeah, but the story ended up being pretty cool. I thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there's subtext to that story to him, to mm -hmm. his life to, and there, I think there were some cool pieces and I may have read into it and you guys can call me an idiot tonight if you want. I was an English okay. major, so I tend to do stupid stuff like this. But I think there's some <laughs> connections throughout some of the songs, and and I'll let you know you know what I found, and you guys tell me if I'm on point or not. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead, and we're going to hit the the highlights. We're not going to do the whole album. We're going to pick our twelve. We'll do it round table, and I'm going to write them down. We'll find. I want to see how many songs that we match up on. Okay, okay. Before we do that, I will say I gave myself a guideline to pick four songs from each part. Hmm, okay so that's that's what i stuck to and okay. uh tony you missed this but i used uh autumn as my first track and i i didn't use it as an intro it's actually one of the tracks so i don't i don't have 13 i actually have 12 so gotcha okay um and i as far as we're laying down the rules here i i pared down to roughly my 12 which I'll explain later, but, um, and then I put it in the order that I would put it in. If story kind of aside, like how I would listen to and how I'd order the tracks. So love it. Yeah. So mine is not a favorite is number one necessarily. It's just like, I feel like this would be a good opener. So. Okay. I, I literally just put mine in order of how they fell. On the record. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, because I feel like like the record that like the whole project tells a story. So I didn't like mix up the story. Order. Yeah, that's right. That's what I, as a like a, you know, like a reader, like a comic book reader specifically, that kind of is what mm -hmm. made sense to me. Follow the story along, you know. Yeah, I was only OK with breaking it up because Billy uses words that nobody knows. So unless you want to follow along with the dictionary, then you're just listening for the, for the music. He is too smart for his own good sometimes. Yeah. I am really mad at this point that I did not buy the box set. Not the, the autographed one is still available because it's $500, but <laughs> the other one's 225, but it came with 10 extra songs on another disc. And so that would have been mm -hmm. cool. It was a really cool package, but you know, we could start a GoFundMe to get you the autograph one. Uh, yeah, who wants to buy me? Uh, so essentially, that's two hundred seventy-five dollars for four signatures. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't check to see well, if it was on eBay, but it'd probably be too expensive. So anyway, all right, you guys ready to roll? Sure. Yes. All right, Monday. 
Uh, okay. Autumn is your first track. Why'd you pick it? Why'd you love it so much? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I actually did like this song. You know, back when we talked about it, it's just, it's a good intro. And yep. yeah, it works. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot too. So, um, T-Bags, what was your first? Um, I wanted to lead my custom album off with The Good and Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I thought the opening sound design kind of still set a tone. Mm-hmm. And then the guitars were fantastic. Uh, the bass. Um, I like the lyrics, um, but it didn't need to be dissected. It was like one of those songs where, you know, like Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. Like it doesn't have to have meaning immediately up front to you. So I thought it uh, was a good, you know, set the tone and catch your ear type of opener. Mm-hmm. So I, that wasn't my first. I did pick that song. But that wasn't my first track. My first track was Butterfly Suite. Um, I thought this song really captured the album because it had both. It had the that kind of uh, melodic keyboard element going on in the beginning. And then there was some guitar later. And there was a really catchy um, chorus to that one. Um, Mm. And I love that line for love and can'ts freedom, you know, believe. Um, And I thought that set the tone for the record as well, because there's a lot of belief in uh, zero slash shiny. So yep. I went with butterfly suite. That's cool. All right. I did like how the, on that one, I liked how like the music kind of crashed it in, crashed mm-hmm. in. It was kind of a classic smashing pumpkins <clears throat> technique. So agreed. All right, Monty, what's your number two? I just want to say up front here that I bailed on this story a long time ago. So <laughs> I, I picked these songs purely for the music. Sure. <laughs> I'm, no, that's, that yeah. I'm that's not going to totally be cool. talking about lyrics much here. So that's fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so my second song was actually the good and goodbye. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just, I dug that one. And like Tony said, I think it still kind of sets the tone musically. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Excellent. Two bags. Um, I had Beyond the Veil. I mm-hmm. actually had that starred as one of my probably favorite tracks off the record. Um, loved the opening guitars and the energy of the song and a lot of that kind of computer sci-fi stuff was mixed in. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was, I felt like that followed up well. And that was, like I said, one of my favorite tracks. All right. Um, so my number two was good and goodbye. So that's our first one that we all three picked and agreed. It had the, the typical pumpkins guitar. And I would add two that it had that old school drum with the, um, with the snare in the forefront, you know, the way he, um, that he gets that all pitched up and everything. So I thought that was really cool. And then this one, I thought as well, kind of sets the tone for, I think there's a Billy doing the Christ-like figure for him. And um, it has the line, for once you've left as your father's son, you're blessed as the dove I face. And then he says, trade on deceivers as sound removes the thorn. There's too many words in there that connect for that not to be an illusion. Um, right. And then, and then I think that it, there's some things that come later, I think, that fit into that narrative as well. So the good and goodbye. That's three. We did it, fellas. Yeah, we can go home now. Hmm. <laughs> Don't tempt Monday. all right mr monday what's your third i went with hooligan it's just (laughs) cool you know i a lot of these are based on 
it, it's songs that had you know real guitar parts in them like so <laughs> uh-huh. not not everyone is based on that but most yeah. of them are I, I i like there's a lot in this project that kind of you know i was in and out on with the songs with the, a lot of guitar you know just kind of, and i you know billy has such a he's able to achieve such a great guitar tone when mm. he goes heavy yeah i mean it just sounds so good so i don't but yeah hooligan was that was one yeah i didn't pick that one but i did love that song mm. that was good t-bags uh next up for me which is funny because like i said i was building an album in my head to get away from the guitars <laughs> uh just for the for the break of listening um was embracer and i really liked like the synthy nature of this track and uh these lyrics i loved i loved uh i'd love you to follow a star on the rise entombed by blue in heat of the sage i've sent out a faith once removed Mm -hmm. just felt very poetic to me so i love it i i you know i it wouldn't this wouldn't work for me without the lyrics and i'm not even saying necessarily the lyrics that tell this this story i think sometimes these work outside of it really really has a way with words and clever mm-hmm. phrasing um and sometimes almost a silliness i think he calls it a wink you know and a nod that he does yeah but, um so my third song was where rain must fall and um there, there's the line buttoned high by noons whirling in howdy do <laughs> it's never done then he's hanging <laughs> on my moons it's better to live than talk um just kind of cool melody clever little lyrics and one this is one of the many songs that i love the katie cole backup she is really good and um i think he dictates a lot of what happens in the band the musically and everything but i think he actually does lean on her a little bit and she adds a lot and yeah. i thought she was fantastic on this one She's definitely been a highlight for me in a lot of the songs. Yeah. Yeah, there's one in particular. I'll, I don't know if you guys will pick it or not, but it would be cool. So, um, All right, Monday, number four. Uh, I went with Steps in Time. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that was just a, more of a guitar-driven track. Uh, I don't really <laughs> – I don't have my notes for part one on me. I have part – they're in a different – notebook so forgive me for these first few tracks but i'm not gonna have a whole lot to say yes steps in Mm -hmm. time cool and that was your last one off of album one so we'll be on to part two uh t-bags you're four um i had empires and in my notes i have hell yes to the opening guitars with the little rock emoji Mm -hmm. and uh the energy feels like you're on a mission and uh, it had like a confidence and it just was to me like something like what rock should be. It, g- it gave me the same energy um, that I think it was, you know, I was receiving the energy that it was giving pretty much. So mm-hmm. I love that track. I have a sneaky suspicion that it will appear on all three of ours. <laughs> Which <laughs> just one? Empires. Empires. Empires yeah, yeah. So yeah, cool. Tony, I like that. Okay. Um, my, this one kind of surprised me, actually. Um, uh, the Gold Mask was my number four. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's so. Um, what's that? Oh, oh sorry. That surprised um, me too. Yeah, yeah. Um, in this one, um, I 
there's a line in here I really dig. And it says, I say shame to any given morrow crossed. Like, you waste tomorrow, shame on you. You know, I thought that was really cool because his, um, I, I was listening to him and he was talking about how in the world, especially in the United States, we've adopted a 40-hour work week. And he said, I decided I'm adopting an 80-hour work week. And that works for me. <laughs> and that's how he gets all his stuff done. And he's already done another album, you know. But, I mean, he lives that line. I thought that was pretty cool. And I like the song. I mean, I didn't pick any song that I didn't like musically, but there were some that just stood out because there was some little element that, that took it a little further for me. Sure. Yeah, that's very Shakespeare-esque, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he did Morrow instead of Tomorrow. <laughs> Had to keep that meter that's right. Only, that's the only reason why. I'm so highbrow. Yeah. <laughs> did you say you have a unibrow? What? I'm sorry. I cut out there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Monday. What you got? Number five uh empires yeah you called that one uh yeah awesome awesome guitar riffs in there uh sweet groove vocals and backing vocals were on point on this one so good good time for me yeah yeah <laughs> yeah all right okay your number five t-bags uh, i had hooligan and um yeah i uh, same thing. Uh, Monday, you're the one picked that already, right? So, mm -hmm. yes. Um, but this style of music is kind of right up my alley, and uh, I love the way the vocals were mixed. And it, at parts, it had like an '80s Stranger Things vibe to it. Um, mm -hmm. And then I love the drums too. So, yeah, Hooligan was my next one. Cool, cool. My number five was Empires, and um, I mean, same reasons you guys love it. It was just killer track. The guitars were yeah. so good. Um, and then I like the line, Zero can't leave well enough alone. It's kind of like your first indication that Zero is coming back. Shiny will be out the door, so to speak. Um, so I, I don't know. I like that. But uh, And it was good live, too. What, sorry, what was the title? It glitched out on me there. Empires. Yes, okay. Got it. So that is our second song that we have all agreed with. So good right. and goodbye and Empire. How many are you guessing we that we're gonna have all three on? Three. Okay. No, maybe four. Because Monday picked four off the last one. If he didn't, yeah. if you didn't say you were gonna do that, Monday, would you have picked four from the last record? Um. There. Uh. Yeah. I. I mean. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I don't think there were. <laughs> I mean, it kind of just worked out that way. That, you know, I mean, well, with picking Autumn as my opener and not having mm -hmm. an extra song, so to speak, like, I, I mean, I would have been short one anyway. So, but yeah, okay. it kind of, it kind of worked out that way anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Who's it's the one of the named Foggy? It's one of those millions of fans that I have. I'm sure it's not my daughter. Hopefully, <laughs> I hope it's my wife. We'll see. <laughs> It'll mean yeah. a lot more if it's her and not Sistine. So <laughs> better, better check that. Oh, oh, it was. It was the one. There we go. Okay. Good. <laughs> okay. So we're up to six. Yep. Yep. So I had Neophyte, which I believe comes right after Empires on Act Two. 
Uh, it's yep. kind of a little block here for me on Act Two that I really dug, and this one uh, does not have like a heavy guitar riff or anything. Uh, you know, it's all synthy, really sweet. Um, this is one I kind of dug because it's it's kind of uh, real moody. It's like it's, uh, I think I said when we talked about it, just kind of just like close your eyes and get lost in it for a while. So it's kind of yeah, kind of you know, mellow, mellow out the mood on my album and yeah, a little different. Excellent. Yeah. Right. Well, I had, um, I had where rain must fall next and, um, partially because listening to it as a whole, the whole, um, rock opera, it was a good break to have. Um, and then, uh, I have, uh, that it still managed to stay soft for long enough. Giggity. Um, <laughs> And then, uh, but it brought in some fantastic electric drums and strings, and uh, female vocals were great there. Uh, it reminded me a lot of Kareen Around with Pucifer, mm-hmm. uh, how it just blends perfectly. So, yeah, Where Rain Must Fall. I think you had that, Steve, right? I did. Okay. Now, Mundy would have had it if he didn't choose Autumn. So that would have been a third, right? <laughs> okay. Sure, why not? <laughs> he's, a Katie, he's a Katie fan. Um, okay, my third, um, third, my sixth was Neophyte as well. And um, I, for everything that he said, what a great little groove, um, super catchy little little song. Um, it's not it's not a song that just blows you away. It just has a great groove and brings you in. Yep. And um, and this one, I like this whole thing of the Philistine, um, you know, this person who's like anti-culture or whatever. And then we've got, you know, Elohim, which is God and he will be your serenade. They're going to bring the arts and, and God together and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I thought that was kind of a cool little element, um, especially when we're talking about duality of things. Uh, it fits in perfectly with the record because I think we do have that with Zero and Shiny. And so um, kind of cool, especially now that we know the end um, with what happened. And I think it makes a little more sense. Yep. So there you have it. Nice. Monday, number seven. Uh, I went with Moss, finishing off this little three-song block from Act Two. Uh, yeah, I, I I love this one. Giant, giant riff. Um, the bass line I love on this one. It kind of carries the song throughout. Um, and the solo, I, which I'm assuming is James E. Haas. Uh, pretty awesome. And again, Katie with the backing vocals shines on this one. So it's a lot to like in this song. Yes. yes sir. I, I didn't pick it, but I loved that song. I even did a TikTok over it because of the, you know, it was supposed to be the X and I, you know, the bad guys or whatever coming down to crack the whip. And he drummed like he was cracking a whip. I mm. thought that yeah. touch was so cool in that song. So that would have cool. been my 13th if I was cheating, but. I'm not like tea bags. I don't cheat. Go, go ahead, Tony. Okay. Um, well, get your bingo cards ready because I picked Neophyte. Nice. Yeah. So that should be all three of us there. Um, and I actually, this is like my second favorite song on the whole album because it reminds like those moods that you guys were talking about and um, reminds me of Depeche Mode. Uh, Pucifer keeps coming up. So you're going to hear that a lot. There's a lot of comparisons mm-hmm. to me in that. But, um, but this was the first one that kind of crossed over because Depeche Mode can have that kind of moody, but still um, still not necessarily melancholy type feeling. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I this was this was my second favorite track for sure. They don't necessarily have melancholy, but do they have infinite sadness? <laughs> sure sounds like they do. <laughs> Where's your drums when you need them? They are some mopey mopey boys. <laughs> They're no Morrissey, but hey, you know, whatever. Who is? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we only have one of those. Woo. So was that your was that our seventh? Okay, so that brings me that was to seven. Yep. Beguiled, which I'm gonna bet that will be our fourth now. Um yeah, what a great song. And I remember when this came out on TikTok and they did it, and it was the strangest video with Billy wearing the <laughs> you know the dress and they're walking through and everybody's yeah. coming down this thing. And yeah, um, but it's another one that has some fantastic guitar riffs, it's heavy. Um, it definitely takes us back to some of that old stuff. Um, and then here again, we have some of those elements um the about serpents, um, which I think kind of feed into the theme that I think I found. Um, and he says, return the faith. So it returned my faith to the pumpkins. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. It was already there, but yeah, beguile. That was my seven. Okay. Metalhead Monday. What you got? Uh, hey, look, beguiled. What do you hey. mean? Uh, yeah, <laughs> this was the very first song we got from this project. So I feel like it instilled me with a lot of false hope. Um, <laughs> some some uh, big chugging guitars and uh yeah there's uh, they use the guitars in this um i feel like that's a recurring theme so, copy paste um but uh yeah so the guitars they used in the song interestingly they made a lot of weird you know little squeals and noises with the guitar they were very cool kind of added some little accents here and there but yeah great song agreed t-bags number eight um i had moss i think that was monday you had that but you did not steve right no moss? that would have been my 13 yeah I did yeah yes um i like this i felt like i had a darker vibe um guitars drum bass and billy's vocals on the verses especially i liked um, the only thing is go back and listen to this. I love the, the background female vocals as well, mm -hmm. but if she is not saying meow, they are, what she's saying. <laughs> okay. no, they are, they are meowing. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was a big thing when it came out. Um, but yeah, they were definitely saying meow. Okay. Which took me out of it a little bit. I won't, I won't lie. <laughs> I, cause I don't know where, where that fits in, but I guess whatever. the cats under their boots. I don't know. I guess so. What'd you have next, Stevie? My number eight was Sojourner, which was a long song and it was slow. Mm -hmm. And then it picked up and got a little bit more melodic um, towards the end. I thought it was just a clever little song. Um, pacing wise, I think it fit just perfect right there. Uh, very thoughtful. And again, we've got the, the sevens I can learn of heavens. I can offer a resurrection so, oh, resurrection's coming. I wonder who's coming back. You know, it just, mm -hmm. for me, it really fits in uh, to this entire thing. And that's kind of what I went with on this this last record. There were a lot of really good songs I liked, but um, the ones that I picked, I felt like had like, really fit that message and were just cool, cool grooving songs. Yeah, that song, I really liked. Uh, I feel like on this third part, 
I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I feel like on this third part, we hear uh, Jimmy's drums a lot more. Um, there's some, yeah, there's a little bit less uh, synth on some of them. Yeah. There's even some and acoustic this, and. Yes. Yeah. And this song, Sojourner, yeah, I, I like Jimmy's drums and the keyboard melody was, you know, pretty sweet. Um, uh, the. Uh, keyboard solo thing. I, I, I it was a little weird. I didn't love that, but good to hear, Jimmy. Was that your nine? No, it was not. I was oh. just talking about your song. <laughs> that's it. That's your. That's your twelve. That's your original no. twelve now. Dang it. No. <laughs> uh, so I'm up, right? So my number nine yeah. was uh, that which animates the spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. This was the guitars were interesting on this because they used like a chorus effect on the guitars quite a bit, which almost gave those guitar parts a little bit of a queen feel because I feel like Brian May does that quite a bit. It did not sound like a queen song, Hmm. but it it gave it a little bit of that feel. And uh, it's just kind of a, you know, some interesting grooving going on in this song. So I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a good rocker, yeah. I thought. Mm-hmm. That that was actually the, the one I had to cut to make my album, but I loved it. And uh, the same thing you said, Monday, as far as the riffs go and the vibe, yeah. the groove and stuff. Really good. Um, I went with Spring Times next. And um, I, I thought it was a beautiful song, but I also really liked these lines. Uh Posey Fields, she drifts alone, the sleep of Oz and gramophones. She wound me up, mm-hmm. so I'll ramble on to meet her savior, Wick and Tong. Mm-hmm. Guitars are pretty too, especially. And then I said the guitars are pretty too, especially the layered solos, which I don't know if you guys read this, or, but they said that Billy had found out that his dad had passed away. And um, he went back into the studio and like layered. He had written two different guitar solos and he just ended up layering them. I don't know if it was like an emotional decision or, or what, but, and I don't know how true that is, but I read that online. Well, if it was written online, it's true. Gotta be true. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. No, I like that song a lot too. I didn't pick it, but what was that one? Let's see something real fast. Um, His dad was a musician. I think he was a jazz musician. Oh, really? Yeah. Pretty sure. Did you read that online? No, Billy told me. Okay. <laughs> Gosh, noob. Not everybody's gullible <laughs> like you. <laughs> okay, so my number nine was Pacer. And um, huh. this was almost poppy in some ways. The, the melody was. I just yeah. thought that it had a cool beat and great rhythm. And the Katie Cole backup stuff was so good. And the song is like, uh, like kind of like evaluating your life, you know, and like what you've done, what you still want to do. Be happy if you, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't make it to tomorrow. Are you happy with what you've done, where, with where you are? And I kind of felt like, are you ready, Tony? Yeah. This was the Gethsemane on the record. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's where I'm going with that. So uh, be- before up. we hit to the end, so. Sorry, these yes. clever little shirts that we have right here were falling down on me. I'll have to put this back over there. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. That looks almost as good as my purple one. 
Yeah, almost. <laughs> you know, gray. I just I don't wear gray. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So that was number nine. So we are up to number ten, Metalhead. Um, I went with in lieu of failure. Um, this is one of the few songs that this is kind of a shitty underhanded compliment, but it's, <laughs> it sounded like an actual band playing this song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People playing instruments. Yes. Well, how'd you follow um, the story? <laughs> yeah. I'm telling Paul, you're ripping on sense tonight. Yeah. And he's not so I am here. not, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. It, it just well, it, it it was enough <laughs> it, it's enough out of place that you notice it or i noticed it yeah so and he says um alone in this song so much that that it almost got a little silly but i like the song <laughs> <laughs> he said a lot of stuff to make you not like the song to still like the song <laughs> yeah must yeah, have been something grew in there i had to pick 12 so yeah. i guess, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> again take this for what it's worth i read it online but i think it was maybe taken from the podcast but the character actually goes up on stage as a cover band playing yes and the song is the song is this song and he goes up on stage and sings it there you uh, go in place of the cover band yeah so it's actually a band scene good job buddy. Yeah. there you go how clever is that um, guy all right you redeemed yourself okay bingo cards at the ready Beguiled is my next one. I believe that's all three of us, right? Yep, it is indeed. Okay, so um, I won't go into much detail. I agree with most of what you guys. I agree with all of what you guys said, but I'm just. I thought the it had that marching beat and the heavy guitars, and then yep. an appropriately placed synth. Sometimes it's sometimes it can be overused, but I felt like it all uh, mixed really well, and it was a very very strong track for me. Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah. Um, my number ten was Cenotaph, which was a okay. cool mellow song, little nice light guitar work. Um, so should I hope to be the light you deny? Huh. Again, Tony, and then um, then I, it's two parts of shiny again. We get the man and the god, right? So I think we're yeah. still dealing with shiny and zero, and who emerges in this case. And um, that kind of speaks to that, I think. And I just like the way it sounds. It's just a sweet, mellow, cool jam. Yeah, I agree. All right. Metalhead number 11. Uh, This should be a shock to absolutely no one. I chose Harmageddon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is an absolute monster, monster riff. Um, And, Jimmy, man, Jimmy kills on this song. So good. Just real solid, straight up groove, like nothing fancy, but it just sounds really great. Yeah. When I heard that one, I thought, I honestly thought, this is Mundy's right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. And I, it is a great jam. And coming out of Cenotaph, I mean, it just immediately grabs your attention. So, because uh, Cenotaph was all acoustic and you know kind of ethereal keyboards and little light drum programming and then boom this riff just hits you over the head mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah i agree and i think you're right the placement was perfecto mm-hmm. yeah great song 
Uh, up next for up next for me, I had uh, in lieu of failure, and I, I I liked it for the same reasons as Monday too, in the sense that it felt like an old school Smashing Pumpkins song. Mm-hmm. I know you didn't say it that way, but it you yeah, know, just like it was presented like a, a band from the nineties. Like I'm, it wasn't sure. underproduced because it was clean, but it, it felt like something a band yeah. would do, and um, almost a throwback for them. Yeah, and then before mm-hmm. I read that part of the story that it was actually a band playing it just that just reinforced it when it was like you know in the in the whole process of the story that a cover band would be playing something you know from years back so that kind of that kind of just reinforced it like i said stevie d all right my next one was intergalactic not planetary intergalactic (laughs) which was a a two-part song from two points of view, and it was very different one to the other. Um, mm-hmm. Thematically, the voice of God is silence found, lift the cross, I'm falling down, and then the last one, they wouldn't save an honest Savior's soul. I mean, that couldn't yes. knock you over the head anymore. Um, but the thing that just absolutely sealed it for me was halfway through, we get Jimmy and these cool-ass tribal drums that just yeah. ride us out. And at the end, it's all drum solo. To close the yep. song out that was freaking incredible um i absolutely love that one yeah i did not pick that but the drumming at the end that was it was like frantic which was mm-hmm. awesome and then the lines that i liked were the the voice of god is silence found the breath of life is barred toil mm-hmm. uh, i thought that was cool it was a great track yeah all right boys album closers what do we have uh intergalactic was my closer uh mostly because of jimmy uh the song like i think is way too long there could have been a lot of stuff cut out of there and it still would have worked um but yeah i mean jimmy just goes absolutely nuts on this song and i love it and it it sounds after not hearing him on so much of this album it, it was just like kind of a breath of fresh air to I mean, finish out my album. Obviously, didn't finish out the album, the project. But I, I really enjoyed Jimmy on this one. Hey, Monday, I'm just curious. Did you happen to put this together as a playlist and listen and see what you thought? Uh, no. I wonder if you would listen through and now that it, like you got all the hard stuff in there, and everything. If you'd be like, "Damn, that's not a bad album." Well, yeah. I mean, if it, that's that was the point, wasn't it? <laughs> Oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> songs that we enjoyed and we want to hear again, <laughs> and kind of trim this monster thirty-three song epic down to like, uh, for lack of a better term, I guess the greatest hits or our mm-hmm. greatest hits. You know, sure. All right, tea bags, how are you closing it? Okay, so bear with me here. This is where I cheated. <laughs> uh, in, he did a medley. In, there it is. That's <laughs> a 28 <laughs> song medley. <laughs> uh, no, it, it was popular in the 90s, especially to have that track that just played silence for a while and then another one came on, or mm-hmm. you had a hidden track somewhere. Mm-hmm. So yep. since I, I, I could only get it down to 13, and I really wanted a certain song to be my closer, uh, I have it going with Harmageddon. Um, mm-hmm. for the heavy guitars, the just the awesomeness of the song. And it almost had like a punk cadence to it, in my opinion. Um, and then I wanted that to just to go into silence for a little bit and then end the whole thing with uh, Cenotaph. I felt that was like very poetic, uh, a nice kind of 
soft landing for the end of an album. Um, and then I really liked the opening acoustic guitar. I feel like that would come off nicely of that silence after hearing Harmageddon. I can take that. Yeah. I, I, I know when you're talking about the, the ending of the, or a CD is what oh, it would have been. Yes. Uh, maybe a cassette, but CDs, I think allowed for that a lot more, but uh, yep. yeah, the song mm-hmm. ends and you're, you know, you're like late at night, you're in your room, you got the lights off, you got your music playing and the song ends and you kind of drift off and then bam, another, and you're like, Whoa, there's more music. <laughs> yep. Oh my God. What happened? Yes. So that happened to me more than once. <laughs> See, but yeah, I think that's a good pairing to do that because you're okay. kind of listening to that heaviness and it goes out and then it kind of fades back in with Cenotaph and can kind of, you know, send you off. As long as you guys accept it, then I feel good. Well, <laughs> I'm taking Autumn back and now you've got 12 again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, what did you end up with for your last track? I finished with Spellbinding. Because I felt like that one had a vintage Pumpkins melody chorus um, that felt really like, good. Yeah, I, that song, I feel like it started off a little rough for me, but then it turned mm-hmm. into a pretty, pretty decent jam. Yeah. And, it, and it, yeah. if we have Zero then taking off to go get June, who is probably dead and moved on to some other life form, whatever, it seems triumphant to me like that would be the mm-hmm. moment where phew, zero's back baby and he's going to get her and and that yeah. to me ends a little bit better than of wings um thematically of wings finishes it better with um repeating lamb of god over and over and then um mm-hmm. one thing i wanted to mention in of wings he says clementine clementine okay and mm-hmm. if you go back to Hooray, which is an odd amusement park type song. Um, the fr- it, it says Clementina, my Clementine, or whatever. Again, mm-hmm. so I think that set up the duality of that character mm-hmm. by saying that two different ways. So you get that okay. two different times. Once there to when we start going, uh, the next song, Gold Mass, talks about being born anew. Um, and then we finish with Lamb of God, Clementine, Clementine. I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of like the connecting tissue. Okay. okay. I didn't catch that. Uh, I, I got it. Before we bounce out of this topic and this whole thing, I really am interested to hear your true opinions of this song, Of Wings. It, I, I, you, you guys talk about it, and then I'll tell you mine. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait My, to hear it. <laughs> mine was... Well, mine was that it was just a mediocre closer. Like, I do feel like Spellbinding was better, especially how it drifted off. Um, Agree. And as much as I liked the, the you know, the, the Lamb of God stuff and everything in there, it just, it didn't tie into any emotion for me. It didn't really do much for me, um, even closure on the story type thing. So uh, I would rate this one a little lower tracks on the whole thing okay same that's all that's all you got i did (laughs) musically i just i didn't i didn't like it i mean yeah i get the point it it does the job but it is not musically a good song for me yeah 
So the first time that I heard this song, it was playing and I'm listening, I'm listening. And I was just like, seriously? Like, I, I felt like almost like I was being punked. Like I started looking for hidden cameras. <laughs> I'm like, is this yeah. even real? Is this a real song on a Smashing Pumpkins album? It's so ridiculous and bad. I, I couldn't even believe it. <laughs> when I saw the title, I had high hopes. I'm like, I mean, oh, yeah, that's a of great wings. Title. Oh, yeah, like you know, transcendence. Yes. Sure. And saying the word does not make it transcendent in my mind. <laughs> Musically, you need me. You need to make me feel transcendent. And I'm at the yeah. point here in the album. I'm like, he's going to get June. That's June from Mayonnaise, my favorite song ever by Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> Come on, baby. And then right. yeah. I know. Yeah, that was a rough. Um, one. <laughs> when I send you, or when I was asking you questions about this project in text, you said something about title track too. Were we supposed to pick one of our twelve to be a title track, or no? I was saying that the title track was one of our count. It was, it yeah. was a given. Well, you didn't have to count intro. that. Yeah, it was okay. the free space on the bingo card. Gotcha. Yes, correct. Yep. Okay. I misunderstood that, and I just used that as my first track. <laughs> It's okay, Monday. I'm all about cheating. Go for it. Uh, I know. I know. But what's kind of <laughs> cool about this is while you didn't really like it, you did find some you liked, but we still, oh, yeah. all of us, with that many songs to choose from and each of us picking 12, we only mm -hmm. came up with four of the same. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. And it, it could have been more because Armageddon was on the cusp and Moss was on the cusp for me too. So, yeah. Um, and one right. thing I will say is. 33 songs from any artist is hard to um, imagine, you know, <laughs> it yeah. consuming, but uh, I think it was a strong effort. I really did end up liking it anyway, but even if I would have, if this would have fell short for me, like you got to give some respect that this was thought out. It was executed. It's, it was a big undertaking and, a, yeah. and an art project, you know? Yeah. So uh, kudos to them. <laughs> and before it came out, he's got another one written and recorded. Yeah, that's insane. I, I, you know, I Smashing Pumpkins has never been one of my favorite bands. I love I love certain songs, but I don't go super deep on them. Um, so this was a big ask of me. I feel like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, thirty three songs from even a band that I love. There would be, I mean, there would have to be some clunkers in there. Be like, yeah. mm, do we really need that one? You know, that kind right. of thing. So <laughs> that's yeah. true. So um, Monday. Yes. You want to score this thing? Uh, are we doing, so you want my score for like the whole thing? Yeah. We, will you, your score, will you listen again? The, the typical we do. So as a 33 song, like rock opera, I guess we're calling this question mark. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, I think it's. It's way too much, but there are songs that I really like. It's you know I don't I would have to probably land at a two point five overall. Okay, okay, very good. Tea bags. Um, I can't separate the fact that it was all this effort was put into it as well, and it is like that. There's a story behind it. That there's all the stuff we just kind of talked about. So it's already gonna like 
hit a certain mark there for that. And then I ended up liking a lot of the songs. I found myself excited about some of the songs that sounded like old Smashing Pumpkins. I mean, we talk about you don't want every artist to recreate who they were. Yes. But there was enough difference of things. There was some new stuff that I liked, but uh, it was pleasing as a fan. And I'm I'm probably in between. Steve's a super fan and Jeremy's kind of a casual fan. I'm kind of in mm-hmm. between. But given all of those things combined, I would have to give it like a 4.25. Wow. And, and I'm going to listen to a lot of it again. I mean, I'm going to listen to at least 15 of these songs again. So that's saying something. I'm actually going to listen to your playlist. I'm going to build that playlist and listen to it and see how it goes. Yeah, I've I might have to do Spotify, that. So, I yeah. might have to do that. Um, if either of you are on Spotify, it's public. It's called My Autumn. Monday okay. is I'm not, but you sent the picture so I can just throw it into mine. Yeah. Okay. And we'll get it. Uh, so. I I didn't touch on re-listening or anything like that, and I I mean I don't think I will ever listen to this as an entire project ever again. <laughs> yeah. But I there you know I, I I might revisit some of those riffs because there's some some pretty monster stuff on there. Yeah, there's some real bangers. Yeah. Um. You know what would be a really cool thought? And this is not how he thinks, so this will not happen. But if if Zero returned, right, and he goes to get you mm-hmm. in, what if the next album was a return to Siamese Dream? <laughs> Can I dream a little bit? Yeah, I know, yeah. we don't want to retread, but damn, that would be amazing. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. he's tied he's tied a, you know, older albums into this whole thing. You never know. I feel like an artist can't really win with that though. Like I, no matter how much you want it, once you hear it, you're, it's not the same. No, I guess yeah. just bring they, us a, like a, just one rock and album. Yeah, no, no connective tissue, just 12 great songs. Yeah. Any yeah. artist yeah. like their, their album, what their people consider their classic or their best. <laughs> I mean, they're so far removed from that you know, an age and experience and songwriting and production mm-hmm. and everything. It's just never going to be the same. You know what though? A lot yeah. of the heavy yeah. songs on this one were not far off from melancholy. I mean, there I were a lot of similarities to these songs, the heavy yeah. ones that, that fell on that record too. And there yeah. were some strange keyboard driven like Cupid Deloque and some of those. So even back in 1995, there were elements of this record on there. So this isn't like, yeah, they just suddenly pulled a keyboard out. There were some yeah. strange undertakings going on. I think um, uh-huh. melancholy. I, th- I think you can say that a lot about most artists, though. I mean, there's, you know, Metallica is always a benchmark on this podcast because people love them, they hate them, and mm-hmm. whatever albums they uh-huh. love, albums they revile. But I mean, the bones I feel like is there in most of their work. It's not, you know, they change, yep. but they're still they are who they are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, yeah, I feel like you can apply that to most artists that have longevity. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Um, except for you two, they've got new material coming out. I don't <laughs> believe the edge when he says it's going to be great. They haven't been great for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. I was going to say, you have to have a track record of at least putting out a great, <laughs> something great every once in a while. You know, it's been a long time for that for sure. But Indeed it has. Yeah. 96 probably. No, no. <laughs> I mean, 86. No, actually, the one right, right on home came after that, right? I would go after yes. that. I really liked Octone, Octone Baby. That was it. That was the last one. That came out, I think, when I was a freshman or sophomore. 
what was the zoo was it zuropa or zoo? yeah that Off one was hit or miss yeah. and that after that i was out <laughs> yeah that's the one that i think it for me whatever one in the, whatever their new album is i think they should go back to the the roots of forcing it onto iphones and <laughs> see what happens <laughs> can't get it off of there <laughs> but it's free it's space uh, yeah. yeah back then we didn't have as much space as we do now on phones so that's right yeah 16 gigs <laughs> i took five pictures this bowl um <laughs> okay so my score is a 4.75 only knocked it down because i didn't like the ending um <laughs> I re- it really grew on me as I went, and I have listened a couple of times all the way through, and it's a gem. I am going to listen again, but I'm super excited to listen to um, to put these into playlists and listen and see what it sounds like. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. So, let I'll me know let what you know. think about my order. Yeah. Oh, I will for sure. And uh, yeah. Monday, I'm just gonna when I'm ready to go out in the yard and work, I'm gonna hit all these heavy bangers that you put on there. There you go. Yeah. So I'm good for something. <laughs> Excellent. Um, go ahead and remind us what is next week, Monday. It is Kelsey Carter and the Heroines, and their new album comes out May twelfth. And I have already forgotten the title because I did not write it down. But I know the cover is like red, and it's got an ashtray on it with a smoking cigarette or something. But yeah, I saw them live; they were great. So kind of want to check out their new album. All right. So we are going to check that out next week. And look at this good news, guys. I got a little text there from Corey Taylor. (laughs) New song coming. I signed up for it. So what? (laughs) It really was meant for me. So yeah, May 16th. Another new song out. The guy, only other guy who works about as hard as Billy. We'll see how that goes. So any last thing for the good of the cause? I'm tapped out. Uh, I have to say, this is totally off music topic, but um, I had a chance yesterday to film uh, Tony Kanon, the IndyCar driver. Oh, yeah. For for a commercial. And uh, he was so funny and so cool. And, you know, you just don't know what to expect when you get right. any sort of celebrity. And uh, I don't know. Can't, can't say enough. Now it's like, and I think it's his last Indy, his last try at the Indy 500. So uh, he's definitely got a fan rooting for him over here now. Yeah. I like it when you meet famous people and they're cool. And they don't suck. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the guy was actually like, how many takes you want to do? Do you want to do it this way? Do you want, you know, it was like, and he gave us extra time and everything. So nice. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And thanks to the Kokomo Lantern for hosting us this evening live on Facebook. And thanks to everyone who has <clears throat> contributed to my GoFundMe for the $500 <laughs> signed box set. I'll expect that at the door shortly from Madam Zuzu's. That's where you need to know where to get it. It's Madam Zuzu. Uh, tea shop. It's uh, Billy's wife, and uh, she runs the whole shebang. So Nice. There you go. All right. We will be back next week with more shenanigans. And I think next week we will have a challenge as well. It was issued by Mr. Teabags a couple weeks ago. We're going to get back to that. So um, look for that on the next show. Thanks for joining us. You can find this show on Monday Go. Hey, when you put me on the spot. (laughs) Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, SoundCloud. What I miss? YouTube. YouTube. Well, I mean... 
Duh. Should be watching us on YouTube. There we go live on YouTube and the Kokomo Lantern Facebook page. Yep. So get your podcatcher tomorrow and check us out. And until next week, we will see you then. Bye now.